everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self-publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And today I have another repeat offender, one of the top launch experts in the country and the frostiest man in the internet. Help me welcome Tom Morcus. How you doing, Tom? Hey, Eric. I'm doing great. It's fun to be here with you. Yeah, we've, we've been almost a year ago, or was it this year we talked before, and uh, we couldn't cover everything because there's so much to cover. And But first, I want to say congratulations on your new kid. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're adjusting to, uh, to three under three, but we're getting after it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I got some catching up to do. Dang. Okay. So um, let's get straight to it. I respect your time, and I know you're really strapped for time today. So uh, lately, you sent me an email about immediately referable content. What's that? Sure. So it's just a way to maybe think, rethink content or how you produce content. And in the context of like, when people are doing content, what do they want? They want people to read it, right? So content marketing is the idea of using content to market whatever you're doing. And it's so kind of nested within all the content we read all day, every day that it's like the difference between content, content marketing and, and things like that, that kind of gets blurry. Bottom line is you want people to read your content if you're doing it. Uh, you need to make it that's actually referable and it should be immediately referable. So it was basically making a case for this idea of creating content in a way that's immediately referable. So that doesn't mean necessarily trying to stay hip with pop culture, do what's happening on the news, trying to say, you know, current events per se, mm -hmm. but that, that could be one way to approach it. I like the more evergreen approach. It's like, when do people share articles in your space? You know, what's the timing? Um, in, in, in the world we're in, Eric, and, and you've seen this probably with a lot of blogs you read and stuff like that, kind of just seems like people just putting stuff out there and, you know, you randomly come across it. Sometimes it's, it's you know, it's, it's hard to make heads or tails if really, if anybody has any strategy behind it, but, you know, it, it makes you think that it's just, you have to produce content, hmm. uh, not stop when, when in actuality, it's like the reason people are producing content should be, uh, in this case, besides maybe just the thrill or excitement to produce or because you love it is to get people to read what you're writing. Mm -hmm. And so you want to think about the actual use case of when somebody would would actually share that article with someone else, I think is a good yeah. way to put it. Not only like, so you think about writing, not only from the lens of like uh, it being useful for somebody and, mm -hmm. and having purpose for the person who's reading, but also just like, again, that thought, it's like, would I share this piece of content with somebody in what context? Like, oh, I have a, a buddy who's going through a challenge, so I'm going to share this article with them. Or this is something um, funny or entertaining or relevant. I'm going to share it. So just kind of rethinking how uh, you, you, you plan out 
your content that would hopefully make it easier, hopefully to create. I feel like content is really difficult and can become exhausting to try to like put, put a, a comprehensive content calendar together. Yeah. So I'm really just saying, Hey, you know, simplify it, make it easy. And just think about it from the, the point of view of somebody who'd be sharing the article. Like what's, what's the context? When do they share it? And that should hopefully give, you know, give you some framework to create more actionable content. I, I can attest to that because, you know, the 80-20 law, Pareto, uh, two of my articles on my blog get all of the traffic, like 100% of the traffic, and they are the most helpful how-to articles I ever um, wrote. And uh, do you mind if I share your URL to your um, blog post about it? The, of course. TomMorcus.com slash immediately dash referable dash content. And it's a really cool article. You have, you know, the six um, precepts or components, relevance, usefulness, speaks the language, non-obvious. I like that one. We, we talked about that in the last uh, podcast we did. And um, easy to share, beneficial to share with others. So if people go to that URL I just talked to, you really give a great breakdown. Uh, but can we go over this non-obvious part again? Mm. So it's really just a matter of, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> some thinking in terms of what, well, let me just take a step back and say, again, if we're thinking about content and we want people to read our content, and then maybe there's some action we want to take after they read the content to buy one of our books or you know purchase a course, invest in our you know software training, coaching, whatever. So we want people reading and then taking action afterwards. So yeah. again, to create better content to get people to come is thinking about in what context is it immediately referable, right? So that hopefully makes make sure that you're creating content that is useful. So obviously I have a list of those things. That's one of the, you know, it has to be useful. It has to have a purpose and, and it has to be for that person. But the next thing is, well, what makes it so that it's um, better than maybe what, what else is out there? Because then you're going to run into this area where, and I think this is where there's a lot of gold to be mined from content hmm. where there's people that are ranking for things, for instance. Yeah, tell us I'm, about I'm not, that gold. Sorry for yeah, interrupting, but yeah. now you got everybody's ears perked up. Okay. Right. All right. We're listening. <laughs> exactly. So, so you think about SEO, for example, and you think, okay, if you're searching something, the lion's share of the traffic goes to the top few spots, right? Mm -hmm. And you can see things that obviously then one of the strategies to apply to that is, well, you go long tail, you go for longer search phrases and things like that. And then you can rank for those things because, you know, shorter search, short, uh, shorter terms and shorter words and stuff like that, they're harder to rank for just as like a general principle, we'll say. Right. Well, when you think about that, it's like, so there's going to be other content, we'll say that's also created and uh, shared, maybe that's even alluding to like to on the same topic. So how can you, like, how is yours different in a way that matters? That's one way to think about the non-obvious because non-obvious could be a lot of different things. It could be actually you're highlighting a problem that nobody's written about, or they've only talked about in other contexts, or there's not a good blog post on it, et cetera, et cetera. But another way to think about it is just, <clears throat> especially if you're in the game where you feel like, well, somebody's already written about this, or somebody already has a great blog post on that. That doesn't mean you shouldn't. You know, it's just do it in a better way, uh, an easier way to follow, do it with better uh, instruction. Like there's actually tons of opportunity for creating better pieces of content that are more useful. And so then searching when I, when I'm saying with the non-obvious, that's at least one, maybe more applicable way to consider it. Yeah. It's like, what, 
what is, what are you what's different like if you're just repeating things that everybody already knows to be true then maybe that's not very useful um if you're just talking about something that's like well maybe 100 other blog posts have already written about you know why do i care and and that's where you have to i think think about the non obvious like maybe there's some angle here that you can take that somebody else hasn't addressed maybe it's for a specific type of person maybe it's for this or that again it's 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 the difference it's it's trying to be different in a way that matters to the person who's reading yeah, I was thinking about infographics. Have you tried that yet? I mean, I, I've dabbled, but mm -hmm. it, I guess it depends what you mean by, <clears throat> excuse me, try, because it's like, again, what, what are, is it like, a, like for a hack to get more traffic to our site, like to get more people engaging with our content than they would on just a typical blog post? I guess it would just depend in that context. Yeah, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the non-obvious thing. So um, um, I, I did a, um, with another blog, you know, I, I have too many blogs and I, I did an infographic for this one post and it's starting to take off. So I'm, I just, I was just looking at that again. So hmm, maybe I should incorporate that as a system in all of them, you know, because maybe uh, infographics are uh, non-obvious for SEO, but work. Uh, Guess I'll have to do yeah. some research. Well, I, I think that's a good like where your head is going, it's good. And and maybe we can riff on this for a second because mm -hmm. you know, people might be thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. So yes, in that context, it's also looking for, hey, listen, it's if you know in any niche or industry, or so zoom in on whatever topic or niche or whatever, if you start searching for stuff out there, you're probably gonna find patterns, right? Mm -hmm. Patterns of of what people do and how they say things and how they talk, et cetera, et cetera. Just patterns. Yeah. And so the question is like you know, what, what, if they're all doing something, um, I'm not saying do the opposite, but maybe test out the opposite is, is, you know, or test out something that's different than what they're all doing. So one is just being able to recognize the pattern that's there. And then second is thinking, okay, what, what are they not doing that might be present in other spaces? You don't even have to, you don't have to do a ton of research to, to do this, but you hear a tip like that, like infographic. Well, yeah. if you're in a space where they're not used that uh, that much, mm -hmm. maybe that's something worth exploring. Um, and so again, I look at it as like if it gets the message out there in a meaningful way that's that's different in a way that matters, then I think you're on the right <laughs> you're on the right path there. You're 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 thinking about it the right way. Okay, so it's, but, yeah. it's presentation and all yeah. that is is intertwined into this. Okay, but what's the difference between that and the next rabbit hole? You know, <laughs> it's just just prudence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's prudence. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so I'm not saying do the opposite. I'm saying maybe experiment with the opposite. Okay. Try it out. See, see what you yeah, think. That's okay. I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. I like it anyways. <laughs> and it worked on that one and kind of surprised me. So I said, okay, okay. Yeah. Got my attention. I'm, I'm going to try it some more and uh, maybe a little bit more scientific and a little bit systematic. And yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, great. So, a totally different question. Do you consider yourself a blogger, an author, or entrepreneur, or what? I don't even know. I guess I'd be, be dependent on how people introduce me. But you let's started say blogging. Yeah, I, I, I started blogging back in like 2013. Mm -hmm. 2012, 13. Yeah, so I've been blogging, started blogging and then they, you know, evolve, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I still like I still blog, but I've never considered myself a blogger. I have a podcast, but I don't really consider myself a podcaster. Hmm. I guess in a way, I'm kind of an entrepreneur. Uh, I and I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm a, I don't know, business owner, and I work in like the digital space. Mm -hmm. Cool. No, that's all right. That's um, I was just um, 
I think it was Ramit said he had an interesting story how he kept going to different parties and telling different things. You know, one time he told him he was a writer. Another time he told everybody he was an author and the author resonated the most. Um, I'm going to have to find that and put that in the show notes or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's another interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I I I would agree with you. It's like, depending on the setting or the context, I might highlight something, you know, Mm -hmm. about, about myself. Uh, So it would totally depend. Like if I go to a conference and it's a blogging conference, it's like, yeah, I, I'm blogger, podcaster, like those, those people get it, but I'm not going to tell somebody, you know, in the general company, I'm probably not going to mention the blogging thing unless I'm having fun with it. Cause I don't think yeah. most people, you know, your average person doesn't, I mean, that doesn't, it's not really a thing in a lot of ways, it's, or it's kind of interesting. And I don't, I don't consider myself really in that context. Cause I know people who are like bloggers mm-hmm. and like they money purely from their blog. They're like affiliate, you know, really good at affiliate and content marketing. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, it's just interesting. Where there's a lot of a lot of hats that I wear. It's just yeah. like you too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still juggling them, <laughs> I'm, but I'm 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 doing less and doing more at the same time. So, uh, yeah. There's a really cool article on your blog too. Um, how you dress. So does how you dress matter? Um, so I don't know if I have an article on that, but I might've linked to it. I've mm-hmm. had a client, a couple clients in the kind of the fashion space, one client more recently in the kind of men's both kind of men's fashion, but, uh, for professional, well, not actually just, just men exclusively, but so just kind of fashion for professionals, but he also teaches leadership. And so, uh, you know, he ran a summit called uh, the leading with style summit. And mm-hmm. so this idea of like leading with style, it's, 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 you know, in terms, instead of like, say the generic, like how to tie a tie or something like that, or how to look good for your interview, you know, maybe that make, makes it more appropriate. It, he's zooming in specifically on like how to dress so you can increase your like influence, your, hmm. your persuasion, et cetera, kind of in a business context. And so it's a, it's a cool riff on it. Uh, and I think it ties into that kind of, you know, immediately referable content a little bit, at least it's, it, you know, it, it, or it could, um, but you know, it's, it's, I don't know, as far as for me, yeah, I mean, we know dress matters. We know websites, the way we design websites, the way we design mm-hmm. our book covers, oh, yeah. the way we presentation matters because people do judge a book by its cover. So, you know, do what you will with that. I'm not going to give any fashion advice. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but I saw you, your picture in the suit there and, you, and um, yeah. So uh, do you like wearing suits? I wear a suit maybe like once a year or something like that, maybe for like a wedding or okay. I'm, if I'm yeah. maybe if I'm speaking, depending on the, the, the right, uh, depending on the audience, I guess I do more of the blazer or the yeah. sports coat thing. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's fun. Um, I think it's, uh, was, uh, really cool. Yeah. It was an, it was a part of an article. It wasn't the whole article. And, uh, I think how you dress also affects your mentality. It's one of those chicken and egg things, you know, um, you, your, your movements, your, your physicality also determines your mentality and, um, mm. and, and so does your dress. It's, I mean, I mean, some people get a kick just about cleaning their room, you know, and, uh, mm. so I, I think it does matter. So, uh, that's why I was, I, when I saw that, I said, Oh, cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You've been, uh, you've been really active lately, huh? I saw your, your recent, um, YouTube with Kyle Gray and selling with story. And I'm kind of mad at Kyle because now I have to revamp everything. I've been doing everything wrong. I got to rewrite everything and redo everything now that I've been into his stuff, selling with story. How, um, have you been doing that? What's your experience been? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think I've always had an inclination toward that, mm-hmm. uh, the idea of like storytelling and just thinking about when I first got into the blogging space, the podcasting, it, it was like, what are the types of blogs I'm attracted to? What what compels me? What inspires me? And then realizing again, if you can pick up on the patterns that the really awesome blogs, the really awesome, you know, anything, it's like it has a great story. It's a great story to it. It's not just a, you know, a how-to step-by-step checklist. It's there is, there's a narrative yeah. to it. So I've actually, for as long as I can remember, I've always tried to write with uh, some sort of narrative. In some cases, I'll do it over an email sequence. And so mm-hmm. kind of create more, you know, more elaborate narrative. But even in my, in, you know, my, my very, uh, uh, my very, what's, what's, what's the word for it? I don't, I don't send very often. So my, my very irregular newsletter, mm-hmm. I still use story for pretty much everything. And so it's been consistent in terms of like me. So me rewriting or reworking things, I'm not doing a ton of that. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, I like Kyle's framework a lot. And I would say that I'm getting, I'm hopefully getting better and better at it, but we use it a lot for our, our clients or our customers and things like that. And like the products we put together and, and so in different capacities, like on the publisher front, it's, it's, it's fairly relevant to the books that we publish. And then, um, so I'm always thinking about story and cause I'm usually working with affiliates and partners and promotions. I'm thinking about how do I tell a, a, a short, a really good short story? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how do I, how do I tell it in uh, you know, a, a message or a few, a few messages really quickly or through social media um, is kind of how I, I have to kind of integrate it. So hopefully that, that answers your question. Yeah. Well, there's an art to it. So I'm always, uh, you know, listening for more tips and, stuff like that and uh, uh i mean I, i've been seeing all sorts of results from other people and so uh, i've been trying it with youtube videos and uh, i've been slacking on youtube but um i did notice that the ones where i told the story were getting more i don't know organic hits you know more sustainable stuff and so also it's kind of like going back to the infographic techniques one of those things that, that shows promise so i'm going to you know, do more of that. And, uh, do you, are you doing, um, uh, this is the segue to the next one. What's your favorite channel or funnel? Are you doing a lot of YouTube lately or what's your favorite, uh, funnel yeah. or channel? Email is still King. There's yeah. just nothing that beats email, uh, pure, pure and simple. And anytime I do anything with partners, we're always leveraging email lists and newsletters and mm-hmm. it's still by far the best channel that mm-hmm. we've ever used to market or sell products. And awesome. then playing around a little bit with YouTube mm-hmm. uh, in terms of creating content, but not in any uh, sales funnel uh, hmm. type of process. That's not, it's more just, here's another way for me to test out, kind of sharing some ideas just to see how it goes, see if I like it. Um, but I'm not really doing that for clients or for any of the, the products or anything like that, that we're selling. So email, I'm just very big on email. I mean, I think that's the thing that works. I, there will be things that come and go every now and then we'll get like a blip on something, uh, hmm. you know, other, other marketing channels. I've been dabbling in Facebook messenger bot, but you know, hmm. I don't know. People are like, Oh, the open rates are insane. It's like, yeah. Cause hmm. the person has it on their phone and they like get the message, they click it and then they click off, you know? Yeah. And it's like, another yeah, you shiny get this- thing, huh? another shiny thing. Now I'm not saying it, it can't work. I haven't gone down that rabbit hole deep enough to really see honestly. Hmm. 
So it's, it's really tough for me to make a, a case on that one, but we're trying it out seeing if there's a way we could do it uh, better. But yeah, it's really just all about um, how do we, uh, how do we, you know, get, <laughs> get access to, you know, bigger lists and, and mm. email more people for these different campaigns. So now that we're on email, also my favorite topic, then what is the optimum length of an email sequence? Let's say you're, um, uh, you know, you're, you're onboarding after they got your lead magnet or whatever it is. Could be, could be zero emails. It could be, you know, it could be seven days. It could be a month. Mm-hmm. Um, could just be, uh, non nonstop ongoing. Hmm. It de- totally and purely depends on what you're selling and who you're selling to. Hmm. It, it, I guess there's yeah. just too many variables in that. There are a lot of variables, but uh, let's talk about authors and the mm. people that um, fiction, nonfiction authors, your typical Amazon authors or and uh, mm-hmm. the people that don't want to be salesy. And, uh, you know, some people don't even know what email marketing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say the typical sequence where they picked up the first book for free, regardless of where they got it, Facebook ad or wherever, you know, and then what? <laughs> Deep breath. You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where I wouldn't overthink it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to be using email and you're going to be doing a newsletter, then you got to get comfortable writing and sharing. And if you're doing that, then every time you write and share, you probably should be plugging one of your books. Mm-hmm. So I just see it as you just do it all the time. So, uh, it, there should be a sales offer all the time, constantly. Mm-hmm. And it's not that every email is a sales pitch, but it's like, here's an email about something that's useful or fun or entertaining. PS, uh, pick up my book. You're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you like this, you're going to love my book. That's something that's just be ever present. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, and, and if you're, if you're strictly an author, you're not selling a bunch of other stuff, then it's make it a habit that like, and the PS of every single one of your messages or, or integrated directly into the email itself is an offer for a, a book or mm-hmm. one of your books. So you don't have to do a sophisticated email sequence for a book. It should just be uh, constantly uh, referring to it. Repetition yeah. is your is your best friend. Repetition is your best friend. Interesting. So, so think about ways that you can you can get your book, your product, or whatever in front of people again and again and again and again, but in a way that they don't just mark you as spam, right? Yeah. So that means you kind of have to think about the content you're putting out there, and you're not just always selling. It's sharing useful, entertaining stuff, doing it in different ways, tying it into your products in different ways. In this case, if you're an author, you know, tying it into your books, how, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to uh, approach that, but there's no email length for Mm -hmm. something like this. It's just straight up, just get to the, get to the offer. I mean, I think your best bet as an author in a lot of ways is definitely build the email list, but then get to selling books Mm -hmm. constantly all the time. You should always have an offer going out for a book doesn't have to be these big campaigns or anything like that book because books are small purchases. You know, most yeah. of the time people are spending under 10 bucks. So somebody could buy that anytime. You don't need a ma- major setup. It could be the right message sent the right way that somebody's like, ah, I've been meaning to buy that. Now I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the type of, uh, that's the game you're playing. Yeah. If you're a writer and you want to be kind of a full-time writer, just writing books, then that's how you would leverage an email list. In my opinion. Hmm. It's cool because um, I mean, you ask a thousand people and you get a thousand different answers to the email 
one, you know. Mm. And um, I recently just listened to a Pat Flynn podcast, and he's all he's all excited because email is back, you know. Facebook and YouTube—they're all tweaking their algorithms and getting in between you and your people. And email is—I mean, that sounds your like list. Uh, sounds like something that somebody's been saying for a while here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder who that, the frostiest man in the internet, huh? <laughs> who knows? I've been saying it for a minute though. And it's like, it's funny because I never said, uh, it's funny. It's like, when did email go out of style? Like I never got that memo. I've just been using it the whole time and testing out all these other things and they just haven't been working. And it's like the last year I've been talking about this, this Ponzi scheme that is social media marketing, man. Yeah. It's not sustainable for the indie creator. It's a loser's game. And unless you love it, just yeah. you shouldn't even waste your time on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the big guns that said it, kind of said it, is Frank Kern or Kern Kern, and yep. you know, he was talking about how email open rates are going down and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so he's one of the perpetrators, I think. I'll have to call him out on that. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's funny because I hear that I'm like vanity metric. So what? Yeah, yeah. Open rates are going down. So what? Yeah. Like if, if, if it's still the highest income producing channel, mm -hmm. then it, it's not gone, you know? And then it's like, oh, wait, you're, you know, then there's just a case of, well, did your emails just get boring or sloppy or mm -hmm. you did just come up a, a promotion fest? Because that's where a lot of people, that's where it evolves into as well. Hmm. Well, um, start from and then they promote it, it, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause, um, I, I, uh, I noticed also, uh, uh you know, you always hear people saying, oh, I make the most money on the back end. And I've made a lot of money on just reminder emails, you know, the um, sending to non-opening people or something like that. And uh, so do you have any email hacks like that? The the best email hack is just write, write consistently. Mm -hmm. Nah, I'm, I'm, you know, I would say that I actually am not, I'm not actually good at, well, I, I think that's the best advice I would probably give is like write consistently. I kind of write inconsistently. So I also hate to give like advice where I'm like, I kind of know I'm doing it wrong, <laughs> but I'm still getting results. Yeah. So like in spite of the fact that I'm, I'm fairly inconsistent, at least recently, the yeah. thing that just it always works is uh, tell a good story in the emails you do send. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the, that's the critical thing. Just tell a good story. If I'm going to yeah. open your email and I'm going to, I'm going to spend a few minutes with it, make it entertaining. Mm -hmm. Make it so somebody feels good about it, having read it. I'll have people email me to this day, you know, all the time. Every time I send out a newsletter blast, I'll get email responses. Sometimes it's people who've never said anything to me, but it's like, they'll say something like, Tom, this is the reason I, I still open your emails and I've been subscribed to you for like five years. Yeah. And it's not because I'm sharing anything groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, you know, maybe I'm framing it in a way that's useful and palatable and, and helpful. But I think the real thing is I'm just... Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tie in useful stories and I'm, I'm trying not to sell all the time. Yeah. You know, I might write references to my books, but I'm not like hard selling all the time. In fact, I've really scaled that back. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's like, it's write interesting, tell interesting stories and then tie in a lesson learned or a how to, or what the next step is. But it's yeah. start, start with a more interesting story. Yeah. because pe pe that's where people get petered out and, and get bored. I don't think mm -hmm. you can do all the little things to get somebody to open up your email. Like, Oh, should we do an emoji or <laughs> should we add more spaces after our, you know, PS. So people don't unsubscribe or all these like little things. And I don't know, there's, they're not bad. Like I guess <laughs> test them out or try them out, whatever. But like really the thing you should be thinking about is how do you, 
how do you tell a better story and how do you do that more consistently? Yeah. You just mentioned one of mine that I actually did, putting a bunch of spaces after the PS so the unsubscribe link goes way down yeah. the page. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know guilty. I know all the hacks, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, not, it's not guilty or anything. It's like, yeah, go for it, good. But it's like, at the end of the day, I, don't, I think that's, it's funny, just having now done this for so long, seen, you know, really big numbers on things and, mm-hmm. and, and see where people, when they're first starting out, because like I used to be obsessed with the hacks yeah. which is so funny. Now is the time where I can actually use these hacks and the hack mm-hmm. makes a big difference. Cause we're, you know, we've, you know, tens of thousands of customers, for instance. Yeah. And so all of a sudden a little hack, a 1% bump is a significant thing. You know, I am, I'm actually looking at 1% and one to 3% things now. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the beginning I was obsessed with those little things and I had not enough traffic where to make them relevant at all, to be really useful or to really, it was still good learning. I was still fascinated by it. But mm-hmm. it's one of those things, know where you're at. And it's like, until you have people who are excited to be opening up those emails and they're buying your products consistently and they're you know, replying to your emails and messaging you and engaging with you and, and sharing your stuff, like until all those things are happening, the little hacks won't make a big difference. They won't make any yeah. difference in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. That brings me back to the length of the email sequence. Again, like you said, you had people on there for five years, me too, well, three or four. And, um, uh, but then there's other guys that say, oh, you got to prune your list, you know, after, if they don't buy within so many, I mean, months, then you should not have them on your list. But when I look back, I mean, there's people still opening my emails after three years, you know, and I've got, oh man, I mean, I don't know, hundred I don't even know how long my sequence is, you know, they call it the nurture sequence or whatever. And, mm. uh, so yeah. So just keep going. Right. Yeah. Keep, keep doing it. You know, and it's, it's I mean, why not? Uh, unless there's something else that you could be doing that's better with your time. And then yeah. that's a, it's a different question. You know, that's a, that's a question of value and prioritization, yeah. but yeah, it sounds like you're, you know, if you're getting those results, results, I think people, you know, I think that I look at that, I'm like, that's the highest compliment to me in a way, or at least mm-hmm. one of the highest is if somebody's like, I've gotten it a, a number of times. And that's why I'm like, yeah, you know, this actually makes me feel good because it's like, yeah. I feel like I've got to be doing something right. If there mm-hmm. are people who will say, you know, you're the only person I haven't unsubscribed to, or I keep reading these even after years. And it's like, I'm not writing about the same stuff I was four or five years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. almost, a, it, I don't know if it's entirely different, but it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And and, and that's, then it's kind of strange why somebody would still be on that email list. And yet they are, and it ends up being sales for all sorts of new stuff in the future. I'll have people yeah. that are on my list for four or five years, and then they come out of the woodworks on a specific offer, a specific thing, because of the right time, is the right offer, is from the right person, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. it's, you, you know, this, a lot of the stuff is just the slow build over time. So just, you know, mm. keep doing what you're doing and, and focus on the story and make being entertaining and useful. Focus uh, on the story. Yeah. People get really lazy with like email and blogging and stuff like that. I feel like, and there's very few writers that it's, it's, it, it, what's funny is like blogging is kind of overblown, but in terms of, or not overblown, what's a better way? It's super saturated. Like there's a lot of bloggers in any space, right? So there's a lot of competition you could say, well, one way to stand heads and shoulders above anyone is just to tell a better story to just write it better, you know, more entertaining, more, more engaging that's at least one way you can kind of compete, we'll say, or at least, you know, carve out a, a, a place for yourself in whatever space you're in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, getting back to our buddy Kyle, uh, that selling with story is a perfect uh, method. 
So um, with all of your, so you're, you're scaling everything up, 10xing everything. So what is your number one metric or thing to measure? Profit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe frontline. If, if you're kind of doing it all yourself is just uh, maybe at least a couple numbers you should know is like, yeah, top line, top line revenue, mm -hmm. um, expenses fixed and recurring. And then if you can figure out like whatever you're netting, um, those are the cr critical things. So it's mm -hmm. just, it's sales and it's, it's what you're netting from the sales. Yeah. That's the most important thing there is. Everything else is just, uh, it, it, it either becomes of it's, it, it will either be immediately relevant to you and useful to you as a metric. Like you'll, it, it makes sense. And so then that's kind of what you can organize around or it's a waste of your time. And mm -hmm. I, I hope that makes sense because what I'm getting at is I think a lot of people might be thinking, Oh, well, shouldn't I be trying to build my email list? It's like, if that isn't exactly what you need to be doing right now to actually grow sales, like if you aren't exactly, if you aren't hundred percent sure, that's actually the thing that's producing sales for you, mm -hmm. then maybe that's not where, that's not the metric you want to measure right now. It should still be on sales. Yeah. But if you're somebody else who's fairly established, like, you know, where I am in like one of my businesses, it's like, um, let me think about this, how to put this. <laughs> well, I, you know, knowing where I'm at, I can look at, I could say, okay, I want to, the number we're going to try to, some of the key metrics for us that we can kind of measure is um, email list size uh, and what else? That's a critical one. And then we look at on uh, cl click to sales conversion rate, basically. And mm -hmm. um, those are the two numbers I care about because um, on the one hand, I have kind of an estimate of, depending on the number of people we're getting in front of via email, um, what that should mean in terms of, you know, clicks and sales in the end for, for our very simple funnels, which are basically no funnel, just email to a sales page. And so those are the things that I look at and that I measure it because, okay, okay. List size. That's good to know. I have an idea. Okay. This is maybe the, the, you know, if everybody has average open rates and things like that, like there's a ton of variables, but yeah. let's just say we do some averages and we've kind of figured that out recently and we have a pretty good equation for it. Over time, we've built this out, hmm. but I can know if I'm going to get in front of a million people via email, I, I can, I can be pretty, I can comfortably predict the amount of sales we will have. Mm -hmm. um, all other things kind of being equal. And then knowing the conversion rate on the sales page, we're doing it. We do a lot of optimization type stuff, AB split testing, personalization kind of at scale, really cool. Stuff I can see I, you're deep well, in the trenches. People are doing are going to be doing this a lot more. The personalization yeah. at scale, I think almost nobody's doing, but we are, and it's crushing. <laughs> and what me. is so this? What what is this exactly? You mean like when you tag somebody in, in your email list and then the landing page looks different for them? Yeah, maybe that's one way to to, to but here's it's like Eric, I, I check this out and you click a link and then when you land on it, it says, Hey Eric, how's it going? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, know, I know you're an author. You're going to want to check this out. So it'd be like, that would be a high, um, very low, like or a high resolution zoom in, yeah. uh, personalization to you. But if we take one step back and we say, we don't personalize the name, but we know, okay, this is for authors. This is for e-course creators. This one's for software or this one's for men. This one's for women. This one's for um, people over 40. This is for people under or between, you know, 21 and 30, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's knowing the kind of the most useful grouping, mm -hmm. the, the, the most useful grouping you can think of, and then personalizing by that grouping. So grouping can be big or small, you know, and, yeah. but that's a way to think about it. So it's how do we kind of bucket? How do we group people, categorize them, and then, and then create 
and then customize for that group. So it's, it's like, and, and there's great software out there and some tools out there that people can do this now kind of yeah. and we're doing it at scale basically. So we'll have like custom testimonials on our sites, depending mm -hmm. on who's referring the traffic. We'll highlight, you know, the person who's referring the traffic, we'll put their name in their face. Like if they're an influencer, I want them front and center if I can on mm -hmm. my sales pages. So we make sure that they're front and center because that's where the traffic's coming from. That traffic knows that person and trusts that. So I want to lead with that trust. Um, this is the stuff you're going to see uh, people talking about in the next uh 12 to 24 months. And, and some of those people you mentioned will probably be talking about it at that point in time. <laughs> so you called it personalizing at scale. That's what I'm, that's how I'm describing it. Yeah. Okay. You could, I mean, yeah. D dynamic personalization, uh, personalizing at scale. That's kind of how I like to think about it. And what because software do you use? Cause I know drip, I think drip will do that thing where, you know, you can personalize the emails and then also take it to your blog. If you tag somebody, in your email mm -hmm. list, what, what are your, uh, yeah, chosen software? Use, so yeah, besides like whatever basic customization you could do in an email marketing service or system, yeah. you know, I've, I use active campaign and convert kit and mm -hmm. I've used all of them and in certain landing pages, uh, certain landing page type software might have like a B split testing in there and you could maybe segment by different things. What I'm actually using right now is, and it's working pretty well so far is right message and okay. right message. So if you go to writemessage.com, um, let them know I sent you. Okay. So I get the, but, uh, they, uh, it's by Brennan, Brennan Dunn and Brennan, I've been following for years. Cause I just think he's such a great educator and teacher. And so he, he started with, I don't know if he started with, but I, I came upon him through double your freelancing and he still runs that blog. And he had been doing this kind of integration. You mentioned Drip. I think that's actually, he started to do like integrations with Drip software to create um, this kind of personalization on the website. But oh, it was yeah. like a real hack together solution. Well, they developed like a, a, a dummy, dummy software now for guys like me. I could plug it in and boom, I can create iteration after iteration after iteration of the same sales page based on say the source of the traffic hmm. or based on whatever profile I already have synced with them in my email marketing system. So it can get very sophisticated very quickly. Yeah. But, you know, the simplest way is, again, whatever you're selling to, um, think about just like what, you know, besides the, the whole market that you're marketing to, you know, everybody that you think should buy your product, give me one group inside there. And let's see if it's a relevant group to, uh, to personalize for. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. that's, it's, a, it's a guessing game. It's art and science, but uh, it's, it's fun. And everybody's going to be trying to do it in the next, next couple of years. It's pretty cool. I saw, um, uh, again... Frank Kern, he sent me an email. Well, his autoresponder sent me an email. And in it, there was a photo of a book with my name on it. Say, hey, Eric, this is for you. But the photo was also personalized. <laughs> so it was pretty cool, actually. And I knew, you know, I knew what he was doing. But, um, but most people don't, you know. Most people aren't marketers like you and me, I guess. And uh, so, uh, so he's got some pretty fancy personalization software, too. And it right. Was... And you know, what's interesting is that's like on the one-to-one -one thing, which there's definitely moves, in, but people have been trying to do that for mm -hmm. decades. That's, that's no new development. Mm -hmm. What is a new development is, is from on a website is making the website say something yeah. specifically to a particular person when they're on it, or again, yeah. based on maybe our grouping, that's different. You know, because yeah. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't work what he, what you just described, but it's like, there's a little nuance to this where it's like, 
the hyper personalization or trying to do that more at scale. Like, I mean, that's things brokers and, yeah. you know, agents and lawyers, like there've been, you know, tons and tons of money in, in that and kind of personalizing that. And now obviously you see the digital marketers like Kern try to, or implement things like that on the, with the video, which mm -hmm. is starting to kind of take, you know, more and more people are trying to do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking just like making sure that like the sales page, that yep. the website that people land on, it's the right thing for them uh, as, 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 as niche down and narrow as it possibly can be. There's not many people mm -hmm. um, who are actually doing the customization of their websites or the sales pages at, yeah. uh, at scale. They're not personalizing at scale. Most are not. Thing is very powerful. I've seen some examples of what you're talking about, and the cool thing is, uh, when it happens to you or you're landing on one of these pages, you don't really know, and it's it is no. really powerful. And uh, so we'll have to do another podcast about that someday. Maybe uh, get into the yeah. techniques or something, or I don't know. Yeah, it might sure. be too technical for some people too. But well, it's more actually. You know, would be better podcast than how to like how to do it, which you could just, you can figure it out yeah. uh, on, the, on the tech side, you know, but it's, it's more like, what are the elements worth personalizing? What are the, what is the cat? Well, even starting higher, um, lower resolution, like bigger, mm -hmm. uh, what are the, what's the groupings? What, how do you think about grouping? Yeah. Uh, because what I gave you was maybe a framework, but mm -hmm. you know, what's the relevant grouping? Is it male versus female? Is it age? Is it something else? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, that's where you'd run into trouble with something like this because the, literally the possibilities are endless or as endless as they are. There's, there's so many that it might as well be endless. And yeah, so yeah. you don't want to get down a rabbit hole personalizing for groups that don't really exist mm -hmm. or, you know, gets into this whole thing. Cause it's almost like taking a B split testing and then just, you know, igniting it on fire. Cause then all of a sudden you could have dozens and dozens of variations and then, and then it becomes a very different thing than, you know, a B split testing. So you have to know why you're using it. You have to think about the, grouping and categorization. And then you have to think about the implementation. So how do you build your pages, build your site in a way that can um, organically and dynamically change uh, for the user? So yeah. it's, uh, there's a lot to think about, but it's a really, it's probably the thing I'm most interested in right now. Yeah. And Next think, big thing, huh? Yeah. I mean, it will be for those who can take advantage of it, those who know how. The alternative though, is just niche down, like just yeah. get really yeah. super specific. And then and then go from there. Like if that's the, that's the, don't have the database, don't have the size and mm -hmm. scale to do this. Like if you're in that no man's zone <laughs> of like, maybe, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense to try to do this. If you're only raking in like in the six figures, maybe once your business starts raking in the seven figures, then probably it starts to make sense at doing more of this. I don't know. Maybe, and that's, I don't even know if that's true. Maybe somewhere in between there's a, uh, a uh, sweet spot for it. But I would just say like for anybody who's getting started trying to get to that first, you know, six figures or something like that, start with the niche, be super narrow. Then that way you don't have to customize a hundred variations to your sales page. It's just like the first one is good to go. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the way to get started. Hmm. I highly recommend, uh, you know, that book ask by Ryan Levesque and, mm -hmm. um, that's a way to make sure that people get on the right landing page. I mean, that's powerful enough as it is, and it's not too teched out and, uh, yeah, but I respect your time. So I did want to cover one more thing before we yeah. we go. Let's talk about podcasts. You're still podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. So why should someone podcast? If you are interested in a subject you want to learn, you should start a podcast. Mm -hmm. If you're in a space where networking would be useful to you, knowing certain types of people, you should start a podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you, 
I guess if you enjoy either presenting or talking, that's a certain type of podcast for sure. You should consider podcasting. Or if you just like to you know, interview or have conversations with, with smart people, another great reason to start a podcast. So I, it, it would depend if it, you, you fit in one of those categories. I wouldn't say that everybody should do it, but yeah, probably everybody should. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you have, if yeah. you have any, you know, there's just so many, val there's so much value to it. Yeah. So what, what's the biggest thing you've learned from podcasting? That everything is a slow build and that the biggest wins come over a period of time and you don't see them coming and you won't be able to predict them and you can't organize for them uh, because you don't know what they are and you don't, you won't be able to see them, but that just by doing little things each day or each week, each month and kind of getting stuff out there and building a portfolio and a track record and, 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 and being useful and consistently growing bigger and bigger things will open up and present themselves to you. And you, again, if you go in there transactionally, or you're trying to trying to get an ROI from a podcast, like in the, in 90 days, it's like, <laughs> good luck, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. That's not, that's not the game I'm playing. And I, I wouldn't, wouldn't encourage it per yeah. se. Yeah. And uh, so you're going to keep podcasting. Yeah, I've I've thought about starting other podcasts because there's other interests I have. I just don't have the time. Yep, um, there you go. But yeah, so I'm going to keep doing this one. It's broad enough where I've been able to take nice privileges with the types of people I can bring on. Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but it's just it's just been my thing, you know. I still yeah. enjoy. It. I still get to talk to people about interesting things, and it's been good. It's been very good. I like it too. I got the bug like you. Um, I, I could think of, oh man, I wanted to start so many, but yeah, you got to narrow it down. You know, you can't do five different podcasts. I mean. Uh, yeah. I have to not... think of the kid. Yeah. Know, literally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah cool. So, so what's on the horizon for you? This is it, man. I'm in the trenches. It's just yeah. like for me, you know, we're, we're building, we're growing and yeah. it's just one, one project after another, one campaign after another, and who knows where it will go. But so what's also your main project hard. right now? So InfoStack is growing pretty well. We're, yeah. I'm really excited about InfoStack and where that's going to go. So InfoStack.io, mm -hmm. and we curate collections of digital products, tools, and resources yeah. for specific uh, professional and personal kind of goals and hobbies. So things like for writers, if you want to write or publish a book, we've got Write, Publish, Profit 2.0 that we release once a year. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have, let's see, we're doing another one for side hustlers, people who want to start making money on the side. We do, yeah. we've done them in different, we're doing them in a bunch of different spaces and we're just kind of testing out the waters with it. We've done stuff in health and fitness, different diets. Uh, we've done, you know, very niche focused kind of uh, collections and mm -hmm. we're just experimenting but like if you want to and and then what we do is we curate these things they're thousands of dollars worth of value and we usually make them available for under 50 bucks mm -hmm. so it's the kind of thing where they're limited time so you got to sign up for the list if you go to infostack.io just click on yeah. like latest deal and if there's not one running it'll just send you to the newsletter and you can sign up and we'll notify you the next time we roll one of these things out but we're rolling out like one we're i think we're at the point where we're doing at least one new um one new super stack a month right now. And, cool. and it's, so if you're a writer, author, creator, um, blogger, podcaster, coach, consultant, you do any kind of like, you know, you sell or do any digital marketing, there's probably something in there that you're going to like. But like I said, we also dabble in things like we did a programmer, the ultimate programmer, super stack. You know, if you want to learn how to code, 
and we've done diet things. And so we're, we're expanding and we're yeah. growing. So it's not completely uh, vertical, but we're going to be trying to put these things together in a bunch of a variety of niches and industries, but basically just trying to curate the best possible resources, education mm -hmm. and training and tools, and then getting it to people at crazy discounted rates. Awesome. Yeah. I saw the last one. The Zen stack was really cool too. That's right. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I like InfoStack. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's right. Spread the word. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you. doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> right. uh, no, I, uh, really great idea. And um, so where can people reach you online? Just go to tommorkes.com. That's T-O-M-M-O-R-K-E-S.com. And that will get you onto the newsletter if you're interested, the podcast, all the other ways you can reach out or contact me. So just tommorkes.com. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. It's really been great. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. It's, it's, uh, 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 what, I'm, I'm going to talk German. It's shorter that it's just didn't, uh, we don't have that much time, but we can do a follow-up podcast maybe. Huh? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's plan to do that. All right. Thanks again. And All I'll right. see you Take next care. time. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upvote this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.